Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning we're starting a new series on the book of Galatians. And to open up this series, I want to be asking this question to you. Is the gospel enough? Is the gospel enough? I've been asking this question, and I, I think for many of us, when we hear this, our first blush is, yes, duh, Pastor Logan, end of sermon, it's over. But I think for many of us, when we ask this question, there is a temptation or even some very real doubts that could creep in about the gospel, especially in these times. So I'd like you to take a moment to pause and to think about this. Is the gospel enough? Because right now it seems like there's a lot missing. For some of you, there's no graduation ceremony. There's no walking down that aisle to receive physically your diploma that you've worked so hard with. There's no celebration. I know for, for some of you, there's no wedding. Or there's no re rehearsal, or there's no reception, or there's, there's not all of these plans that were set in place. You're missing something. For many of us, there's no physical gathering of the church. I'm in here in the sanctuary talking to a camera, but, but, I, but we cannot be together. And the question is, is the gospel enough even in that? Is the gospel enough when it seems that maybe some of my freedoms are being taken away? Is the gospel enough? Is the gospel enough when I long for physical interaction, when my friend Miguel, who I got to see this week, I, who, who I know just longs to give me a big bear hug, can't hug, must do a wave or a, an awkward elbow punch, or for him it's like a little kick thing that I, I totally messed up. Whatever it may be, this question is what I want to ask. Is the gospel enough? Because this question is the question that we must ask ourselves as we deal with whatever we're dealing with, with whatever we're going through. And this question is a question that the book of Galatians is directly dealing with. We're going to spend a significant amount of time over the next couple months in this book of Galatians. And I wanted to today, before we get into answering and, and asking this question of if the gospel was enough, to make sure that we together understand what the book of Galatians is, particularly a little background on Galatians. This book of Galatians that we're going to be 
reading about was written by Paul. We, we read it right in this first verse. It says, Paul, an apostle. Paul, an apostle. A little bit about Paul in case you don't know his story. He was once a, a Pharisee named Saul who was completely against the church, carrying out, actually imprisoning and persecuting the, young, the early young church. And Jesus shows up on the road to Damascus and completely transforms Saul's life and he becomes Paul, this incredible missionary and apostle. And so this book starts with us knowing that the author is Paul himself, the apostle. But there's also this threat in this book. You see, there were these traditionalists, these Jewish traditionalists that were questioning Paul's gospel, that were questioning the good news that Paul was proclaiming to everybody, the message that Jesus himself had given him. And Paul in this passage is telling the early church, he's telling them that he is an apostle. He's talking about his authority here. It's interesting in this letter, it opens up Paul, an apostle, and the Greek reads with the word not. Like right off the bat, Paul is so agitated, irritated, and there's this urgency about what he's doing as he's writing to the church that he says, not sent by men or through men. He's not just an apostle, little a, that, that, that has the word of God, that knows the message, but he was personally, physically commissioned by God. The message translation says, I was God commissioned. Paul, an apostle. And we're going to get more into his authority in speaking this word in the coming weeks. But as we think about Galatians, Paul here wants you, the reader, to know that as we read this letter, as we ask this question, is it enough Paul is saying, you can take not my word for it, God's word for it. You're not reading the opinions and thoughts of Paul. You're reading the opinions, the truth of God Almighty. And so Paul here is writing to deal with this threat of these traditionalists that are questioning his grace. And we're going to get, actually, next week into the actual message of these traditionalists. But in essence, the message was the gospel plus the law. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were like, yeah, it's cool. Jesus died. Jesus resurrected. I got that. But then they wanted to add on the law of Moses. And Paul here says the gospel is just is finished, is complete in Jesus Christ. It's also important to note that the audience that is hearing this, this is an impression, these are impressionable Christians. This is the early church. They don't have the New Testament like we have. They have letters from Paul. They have letters from Peter and other, and other disciples. But, but, but they're learning together what it means to be a Christian. And there's all of these other enemies that are attacking, that are bringing in false doctrine. And, and they are impressionable. They put their faith in Jesus, but there's all of these other attacks going on. And I think it's really important because Galatians is all about the gospel. It's all about Jesus himself being the good news, his work. 
But far too often when we read this, we think Galatians or, or the gospel is for lost people. The gospel is for people that don't know Christ. They need to hear the gospel and we need to proclaim the gospel. And once you put your faith in the gospel, then you start doing the things that Jesus commands you to do. Then you start acting like a Christian. And I understand that, but Galatians was written to the Christians. Galatians was written to those that have already put their faith in Christ. And so there's something as we ask this question, is the gospel enough that is so important to you and me today? And this letter is so important for our particular circumstance and for every particular circumstance. The gospel, is it enough? In this first five verses, Paul, he starts with this greeting, and then from this greeting, he goes into this, into this statement of his purpose. Following the, the normal salutation, if you go and read the other letters, you can see that this was a normal way of writing. But even in this salutation, even in this Dear Galatia opening, there's this urgency to Paul. And in these three verses, verses three through five, Paul is getting at the entire point of Galatians. He's speaking into them what he wants them to hear. He is responding to, the, to the, the, his opponents, those that are attacking him, those that are attacking the gospel, and he's, and he's making this declaration. And this is what I want to focus on today. As we think about this question, is the gospel enough? You see, the purpose of Galatians is to declare the full, the full gospel of grace and peace. the full gospel of grace and peace. Have you ever, do you know what it's like to be full? Or maybe what it's like to be hungry? This past Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, our church fasted together. We use this fast as a way for the church to be Seeking the Lord's voice to, to be, when, when you start to get hungry, when you start, start to, to have um, these hunger pains, or when you have this extra time from not eating, the, the point of a fast is to just listen and to focus and pray, and it's supposed to be this really important spiritual time. And I think in my head, as I was thinking about this idea of fast, I had these like high visions of, of almost like hovering around like this super spiritual experience. And let me tell you, what I found on Wednesday is my greatest experience on Wednesday, I was hungry all day. That was how my fast was. I was hungry all day. Hungry even, I'm, I'm, and, I, and I was struggling with this idea of, of in a fast, I'm praying for the Lord to be my provision and my sustenance and to speak into me in my hunger. And there was this struggle, and I feel like as we ask this question, is the gospel enough? We can relate, we can feel, we know these things to be true, but there's also this hunger of like, but there's got to be something for this, there's something missing. And so this is what Paul is speaking into, and he's saying God's grace is enough. The purpose of Galatians is to declare to you and me the full gospel of grace and truth. Look at what he says here. He says in verse 3, 
This greeting to the church, she says, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Grace and peace. Now we throw around those two words all the time. And here I want us to really narrow in and focus in and over the next season of Galatians, I hope that these two words will be so meaningful to you. First, what does he mean by grace to you? What does it mean to have the gospel full grace? You see, grace is God's rescue plan through Christ crucified. That's what Paul here is getting after. When he's talking about the gospel he's, and he says grace to you, he's referencing God's grace. Far too often when we think of the gospel, we think of it as Jesus coming into the world to, to help us be at peace with God. And it was Jesus' rescue plan. But if you read the entire narrative of Scripture, starting in Genesis, all the way in Genesis 3, when man falls, there's a, a prophecy of one who come who would, who would rescue the seed. And, and, and the entire time, it is God's rescue plan. It says here, according to the will of God in this verse, this gospel has always been God's plan. And this grace is a gift. It's a gift of rescue. And Paul wants us to know this because oftentimes, at least for me, I think of the gospel of that's good advice. That's a good opinion. That can help me to be a better person or can help me to speak into the economy, into politics, into what this is. And that is not the gospel. The gospel is rescue. The gospel is rescue for people that need rescuing, for someone that is drowning, about to die, and they are saved. They're not thrown a manual of opinions of how to get out of the water. There's actually a hero, Jesus Christ himself, who comes in and saves them and saves you. There's delivery, there's rescue. And here he's using this word, who delivered you. Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. That is what we need to be rescued from, to deliver us. That language of deliver, thinking about Exodus, thinking about the entire plan of God. Do you see the grace here? Do you see the grace given? Paul wants the church to know that the, this grace is full, it's complete. And it's God's rescue plan through Christ, crucified, through the cross. I wanted to read to you this quote from one of the commentaries by Reich, and he says, as we think about this understanding of God's part in this gospel says the father does not love us because the son died for us rather the son died for us because the father loves us the cross had its origins in our father's heart Is the gospel enough for you? As you ask this question, as we think about this and we recognize that part of understanding 
grace is knowing I need a deliverer. Not advice, not a counselor, not a coach. I need a savior, a rescuer from my position. And when we think of grace, we think of prosperity. We think of a wonderful life with all of the trappings. But grace in Scripture is an eternal reality. Grace in Scripture is all about your being right with God. And it is sufficient and complete and full. It tells us uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, Paul, he's actually writing about a struggle. Paul himself, he was human. He had these struggles, and he had this thorn in the flesh, something that he prayed to God, Lord, take this away in your grace. Take this away. Look at what he said here. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord, and then he says in verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, my power, God's power is made perfect, how? In your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ then. I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecution and calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Is the gospel enough? Is the gospel enough? Am I content in this grace? This is the question we must ask with Paul in Galatians. On Wednesday, as we were completing our fast, we completed it with communion. Hungry all day, struggling, thinking like, I'm just not having that spiritual experience. And we finished the fast by partaking in communion, a, a time when you eat the bread and drink the cup to remember what Christ has done, a way for us to recognize that we feast on his goodness and his grace. And for me, this was a very different type of communion. For one, it was like a driving communion. We weren't in the sanctuary here, and, and there was a longing for me for us just to continue to be gathered together. But then there was also this very special and sacred moment when I ate, grabbed that bread and I put it in my mouth and I ate and I hadn't ate for 24 hours and I'd been struggling with this hunger and it was so satisfying. And it was a stale piece of bread. But it was so satisfying. And I was just thinking, as I think about grace, do I live in the satisfaction of that? Is that enough when I'm missing so many other things? Is it enough? And this full grace, God's rescue plan, we also must recognize that when God is rescuing us and taking us from one place to another, there is, it is delivering us into something, and this is where the peace comes in play. 
You see, you're not just re rescued from your position, you're rescued to a new life in Christ, a new life in the resurrected Christ. So peace, as we think about the full gospel of grace and peace, peace is God's rescue destination sealed by the risen Christ. This is why in 1 Corinthians 15, you read this in your reading plans this week, it talks about the, the, the gospel story and how if we don't have the resurrection of Christ, our faith is futile. If we don't believe that and know that Christ resurrected then he was just a man a really great man a man who God could have had a whole bunch of favor on but if he didn't resurrect he was not God but we know he resurrected and we know because of his resurrection he reigns and so when Paul says an apostle of Christ he says I am a messenger of the living breathing reigning King Jesus and he is reigning with peace in all who have put their trust in him, in all who have been rescued by his grace. Do you see the peace here? And peace here, this is not a worldly peace. This is not a hippie peace of, you know, peace and love or peace and quiet. This is not a hakuna matata peace of no worries for the rest of your days. No, the peace of scripture is a shalom peace. It's a completing peace peace. It's a spiritual peace. It's being at peace with God. And this is why Jesus in John 14, when he promised this peace, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This peace is something we can rest in. We can rest in this peace. And this peace is about knowing who you are. It's saying, I've been delivered, I've been brought in. Moody, Steve Moody, he preached on this just a few weeks back to say, before we can be who we are, before we do the things that Christ has prepared in advance for us to do, we must know who we are. Brian added on, we must know whose we are because I am Christ, because I am in his arms. When all else around me is unknown, when there's so much missing, I can rest in his arms. Charles Spurgeon says, I can rest on his providence. The providence of God, the sovereignty of God should be a soft pillow that I can lay my head on, knowing I am not in control, but he is. And so I rest in that peace. That is the peace that surpasses understanding the biblical peace. And so when we declare grace and peace, we're declaring rescue and rescue destination. We're declaring a way of life, a reality, a kingdom reality for who we are. Is the gospel enough? Is the gospel enough? As we ask this question, I want to ask you with me, is the gospel of grace and peace to you enough? Or do we run the risk of adding on to that? Of saying, yes, I've been delivered. Of saying, yes, I live in peace. But I can't do any of that until I'm back in the sanctuary at my church. 
I can't do any of that until these restraints are lifted from me, until I get my freedom back. I can't do any of that until this happens, or I need to do these things. I need to live this way, or you need to live this way. You need to act this way. You need to talk this way. You need to look this way. And all of this is adding on to the gospel. And Paul here is saying, the gospel is enough. Grace and peace, grace and peace. And grace and peace speak into you, and they move you, and they change you and they work in you so live in that rest in that know that is the gospel of grace and peace enough for you after this fast and I got to experience that feeling of being satisfied in what Christ has done I called up my wife and I said hey do we have I need to get some food the wafer was great the wine was great the grape juice but, like, I need to get something more. She's like, I don't. So, guess, so, you know, being the wise person that I am, when I'm coming out of a fast, what kind of meal do you get? I go to, to Taco Bell. And I go through the Taco Bell drive through And I get myself my chalupa, because chalupa's the best. And I'm eating that, and it tastes so good, and I'm feeling so, and I eat more than I should, and I'm so full, and I start feeling sick. And I'm adding on this gross feeling. And even though at the time it felt so good, it was not satisfying. And isn't that true for us as we try to add things on to the gospel? We need to know that that is going to lead us in places that are not full of grace and peace. And we run the risk of doing that when we add on to this gospel. And as we think about these times, we must stay centered in these truths and ask us these questions. Ask ourselves these questions. And the question we must ask ourselves is how do we preach this gospel to ourselves? How do we live full of grace and truth, grace and peace? How do I do that? How do I stay focused on that? It's a frustration in our teaching team. One of our, one of our teaching team dudes, they, they, they said, well, how do we do this? Why do we get so distracted from the gospel? And Pastor Doug said, because it's the power to save. Because Satan is trying to distract us. Because Satan does not want us to be living in grace and peace. To be resting in the providence of God. There's a story of a Presbyterian minister about 50 years or so ago. He was talking about hypothesizing a scenario where if Satan had full control of the city, what it would look like. I thought this was sobering to think about. He said, if Satan took over the city, all the bars would be closed, pornography banished, and pristine streets would be filled with tiny, tidy pedestrians who smiled at each other. There would be no swearing. The children would say, yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And the churches would be full every Sunday. And then he paused. 
And he said, where Christ is not preached. Where Christ is not preached. If you're missing Christ, crucified and resurrected, grace and peace. That is where Satan would have us be. Because our only rescue is in those two truths. Our only rescue is in Christ alone. That is Galatians. That is why Paul is so red hot as he hears about the church that he's planted, the church that he's shared this good news, getting distracted and influenced by people that are wanting to add on to the gospel. It's why he literally, as we, as we read on, if you read the rest of Galatians, you're going to see it's pretty hard. He says, foolish Galatians. He, he's fed up with them. And so as we think about this question, well, I don't want to be like that. How do I live in this moment? How do I, this week, as we prepare for this story, as we prepare to dig into this, how do I do this? Well, I think this, this question, there's a few things we could do. First, memorize it. Memorize the gospel. I would challenge you as we spend this time in Galatians to memorize Galatians 1 verses 3 through 5. Memorize it. And I, and I mean literally word for word memorize it where you can repeat it back and forth to each other and memorize it knowing it's all about the grace and the peace of God. And as you memorize it, don't leave out the amen. Don't leave out that for Paul, as he's declaring the truth, he says, he, he declares the grace and peace, and then he says, according to the will of our God, Father, for whom be glory forever and ever. He breaks out in doxology and prays and says, amen. Galatians should, could have stopped right there. That's the gospel. The rest of this book is about defending these verses, this truth. So memorize it, but also meditate on it. Meditate on it. What I mean by meditate on it, put your name in it. When it says, for God so loved the world, I would say, for God so loved Logan that he gave his one and only son. When I read this and it says, who gave himself for Logan's sins, to deliver Logan from this present evil age. Meditate on what that means. And as you meditate on that, meditate together. I would encourage you in your community groups, if you're in a group, get together and talk about those questions that Doug and Elizabeth are going to be bringing through. Meditate together. Work through this together. Ask each other, is the gospel enough? Honestly, authentically. Do this together. Join a group. Start a group. We have these ways to do this together. And finally, don't stop there. Memorize it, meditate on it, and be motivated by it. Be motivated by it. One of my struggles in these times of COVID-19 restrictions is I feel so hot and cold. There's some days I wake up in the morning and I'm ready to take that hill. I'm ready to go and do these things. I'm so excited for these opportunities that are in front of me. And there's some days when I wake up and I just don't want to get out of bed. And I just don't want to continue to, to be in this circumstance. 
And in those good days and those bad days, if I am memorizing the gospel and I'm meditating on these truths of grace and peace, my hope is that that would motivate me. That that would motivate me in light of who God is to say, here I am, Lord, send me. And knowing if I've received this grace and this peace, I am a person that declares and shares the grace and peace with a world that needs it. Grace, giving people what they don't deserve. Grace, sharing God's rescue plan. Grace, having open hands, not just to receive it, but also to give it out. Peace, resting in God's providence. Resting in the risen King Jesus. And my prayer, church, is that we would be a people As we dig into Galatians, as we ask this question, and when somebody says, is the gospel enough, that we would jump out of our seats and say, absolutely, positively, totally. We would say, the gospel is more than enough. We would say, the gospel's overflowing out of me. And we would say, grace and peace be with you. Church, would you pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you for the reminder this morning that your gospel is enough. And I pray, God, that you will speak directly in only the ways that you can into each of us where we are. That we would honestly, authentically, and humbly take the time to confess the ways that maybe we've strayed from your gospel the ways that we've tried to earn or we've tried to add on or the ways that we've gotten distracted by the world and all that is going on and we just need to be brought back into your good news. And in that, Lord, may we rest in the shalom, in the peace that surpasses understanding. May you speak into our families, may you speak into our world, and may we be your instruments that are compelled by your love that are motivated by your gospel. We love you. We thank you for what you do and what you've done. Amen.